0: Heavenly Father, we ask that you would accept these praises we've brought to you as a sweet and fragrant offering from our heart to your throne. We have more reasons to praise you than we could ever begin to list. Thank you for your awesome love and your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And yes, Lord, tonight we even thank you for this place that you have brought us to, where not only we can learn and grow together, but this evening we can worship together and experience the beauty of your holiness and the joy that comes from singing praises and bringing praises to your name. Lord, we ask this evening that you would be with the message and the messenger, anoint through the power of your Holy Spirit. Open up our hearts and our minds and our ears that we would hear the word of the Lord. And then Lord, help us not to be hearers only, but doers of your word. And may this very first week as we experience chapel week together be a time when God the Holy Ghost falls upon us in a fresh and new way to enable us to serve you and be the people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.
1: Well, thank you, John and Trey. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to James, chapter 1 and I believe it will be projected if you didn't bring your Bibles, or on your electronic phones or whatever you have your Bible on. We're going to begin reading with verse 19. My, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forget what he, forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Amen. I sometimes accuse by my wife of not listening to her She usually doesn't use a megaphone, but she does have a rather persuasive, loud voice. I recall um, during 40 years of marriage, her saying to me more than once, you didn't listen to me. You didn't listen to me. I recall when we pastored in Amarillo, Texas, The Sunday night services were over, and I was the last to leave the church, which meant I turned out all the lights, locked all the doors, and made my way home. When I arrived in the house, my wife looked at me with this horrified look. Where is Philip? And I said to her, well, he is with you. She said, you didn't listen to me. I told you to bring him with you. Well, rather than to try and to forget, to to defend my forgetful self, I jumped back in the car and drove as fast as the law would allow, and then a little bit more, the seven miles back to the church. Unlocked the door, went into the sanctuary, flipped on the light, and there was my three-year-old son asleep on the pew. God was gracious that night. Or this preacher really knew how to put him to sleep. I picked him up and took him home. And that was the end of the story. But I didn't learn my lesson because again and again and again, she would say, you didn't listen to me. You see, the truth of the matter is through the years, I've learned many lessons on listening. And this passage that we read tonight speaks to us about the importance of listening James reminds us that we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Again and again, the scripture teaches us the virtue of listening. Proverbs 8:32 through 34 reads, Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. Proverbs fifteen thirty one says, He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 3 reads, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. As a dream comes when there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. Luke. Chapter 8, verses 14 through 15. Jesus said, The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. I like what Hort says, that the really good man or woman will be much more anxious to listen to God than arrogantly and stridently to shout his own opinions. I love this peanut cartoon, Peanuts cartoon, and I, I, I dare not read it. But it, 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 it really illustrates the point I'm trying to make here. There is a real difference between hearing and listening. Go ahead and read it. Can you read it? You see, there's a real difference between hearing and listening. When someone speaks, we can hear their words. But are we really listening to what they are saying? I read that hearing takes place when something disturbs the atmosphere and that disturbance takes the form of pressure waves that strike our eardrums as sound. Listening requires that we open to the meaning of the other person's words, that we either enter into the experience those words are meant to convey. Listening is not automatic, it takes Practice. It takes intention. The most important quality of listening is that you allow yourself to step aside and be mindful of the other's experience. Let me pause here just a minute. Have you ever been telling somebody something and you got the impression the whole time that you were telling them, they were just biting at the bit? to talk over you. Now, are they really listening? That doesn't mean that you have to abandon your own point of view. You merely set it aside for the time you are listening so that you can be available to what wants to be communicated. Listening takes discipline. Now, why am I saying that? because you're beginning a journey this semester where you're going to be doing a lot of listening. (laughs) My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. I like this next cartoon that I found today. What does the old boy say? He said, time's up, I'm through listening. Zeno said it best. We have two ears, but only one mouth, that we may may hear more and speak less. Let me just touch a minute on this slow-to-become-angry bit. We live in a world where nearly everyone has a strong opinion. Would you agree with that? Uh, If you don't believe that, just just Read social networks, media for a while. I I, I tell you the truth, I, I served as a pastor for 24 years and a district superintendent for five after that. I have seen pastors and spouses on Facebook post things that are unwise. Opinions and 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 links to other things that that they have no business doing. It just it just seems to cause arguments and hard feelings. Here's the thing that I've know. Here's the thing I told pastors when I was a district superintendent, and I've tried to practice that my own in my own life. If you have something that you really need to say to somebody. Either pick up the phone and call them or go see them. Because words can be misunderstood in an email or a text. And who among us have not misunderstood some of those things that have been sent our way? William Barclay reminds us. The accent of love always has more power than the accent of anger. And when anger becomes constant irritability, pendulant annoyance, carping, nagging, it always does more harm than good. And I think that's what James is saying. James is saying, don't speak in anger. I, honest to goodness, I have been, I have heard sermons where I felt like that the preacher was just skinning me, and and, there, and 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 really it was it was done not in a in a sense of heartbreak or love, but it was in a sense of anger. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. James goes on to say in verse 21, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. The King James translates that verse this way, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the encrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Barclay makes an interesting point when he writes that the word we have translated for filthiness, the Greek word, can be used for the filth which soils clothes or soils the body. But it it has one very interesting connection. It is a derivative of another Greek word that is used when it's used in a medical sense means wax in the ear. And Barclay goes on to say, it is quite possible that James is telling his readers to get rid of everything which would stop their ears to the true word of God. You see, when wax gathers in the ear, it can make you deaf. It can make you hard of hearing. And this scripture is saying that sins can make us Deaf to God, hard to hear His word and apply it to our lives. But there's a final lesson to be considered in this passage. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. James says the person who hears hears the word but doesn't put it into practice is just fooling himself. He, he uses an interesting image here. If, if you read this, it, it just seems out of place, really, when you read it. You go, what? I mean, the first time I read it, I go, what, what does that mean? Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That seems rather odd. And then I started thinking about that. When I get up in the morning, I usually start my day with a shower and then to the sink. And, 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 I, and I, take, I take a brush and brush through my hair. It's all messed up from the shower. And, and then I, I, I do a shave. You see, I do the best to work with what I have so that I will look presentable when I go out in public. James is saying that the person who listens to the Word but doesn't do what it says is like the person who gets up in the morning, looks in the mirror, sees his uncombed hair. Now, I don't get mean to get personal with anybody here. Don't take, don't take this personal. But looks at his, own, his uncombed hair, his unshaven face, looks at himself and says, Man, I ought to do something about that. But then gets dressed and goes out in the day, forgetting what his hair looked like or his face looked like. But the man who looks intently, he says, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. In other words, James is saying, the outcome for those who listen to the word and live the word will be blessings in what they do. Amen? Thursday morning, I I, I had been working on this message early and uh, Melissa Harris came in and I stopped by her desk there in Sanders administration building and, and she said, uh, she said, this morning when I, I came and I stopped and I heard a whippoorwill, will. how I say it, whippoorwill bird. And she told me about how that she would visit her grandparents' home on a farm and how her grandmother could identify the birds and taught her to listen. Hear the birds and identify them. Well, I went back in my office, sat down for a minute, and thought, I didn't even hear a bird when I came in this morning. I was so locked in, so focused get that key in the door, get in there to my desk, and sit down and get to work. That I didn't even hear the bird. Now, I can tell you if I'd have heard the bird, I wouldn't have known if it was a whippoorwill or not. About the only bird I can identify is an owl and reflected again on what James is teaching us. Perhaps if like Melissa, the sounds of the birds had been implanted in me, then when I get out of the car, I would not be in a hurry to get to the work I would be listening for the sounds of the birds. And then I thought about, did I not hear birds this morning? Were they not there? Yeah, they were there. But because their sounds were not implanted in me, it was just noise. Pretty noise, but unidentifiable sounds. And James is trying to say to us that God's word is implanted in us so that when we listen, we too can know his blessings. So in this passage, we find lessons for listening. We should be quick to listen and slow to speak. We should humbly accept the word planted in you. And we should not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for each and every student that is here and faculty member and staff member. We thank you for the great calling that you have placed on our lives. We thank you for the lessons that will be taught, the wonderful truths that will be learned. and the life that will be different because of this semester at Nazarene Bible College. Bless each student, bless their families, bless them as they try to balance life with college, give them strength when they are weary Give them wisdom when they lack it. And above all else, may your Spirit work in them in a powerful way. Lord, help us to listen, for we know that you are speaking. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you. Go in his peace. I think there's refreshments for you out there. God bless you.